Kia ora. Welcome to Down to Earth Conversations, where we hear from ordinary people who are helping to bring a bit of heaven down to earth. I'm Andrew Dixon. It's good to have you here. Welcome to another episode of Down to Earth Conversations. Welcome to all our regular listeners and to all our new listeners who have come on board in the past few weeks. No, Mike, you are very welcome. I thought it was about time that I reminded everyone what this podcast is about, the, the kaupapa or the reason for being. The central prayer of the Christian faith contains a stanza in the middle that says, May your kingdom come, may your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. There have been some romantic notions over the years about how this will happen. Uh, many involving God doing miraculous things to set things right. But I suggest that the truth of this prayer is much more ordinary. That actually this is about ordinary people doing ordinary things to counter hate, division and broken systems with love, grace and embrace. People who get that some of the ways society teaches us to live are actually destructive and many of the systems are oppressive and that there is a better way, the way of love. And in living out this different way, we can bring a bit of heaven down to earth. So here on the podcast, I caught it all with ordinary people who are helping to bring a bit of heaven down to earth in the way that they live. And hopefully their stories and whakaro, or thoughts, will be a challenge and an inspiration for us all to do the same in the spaces we occupy in the world. Today I have the great privilege of talking to Kaz Todd Pearson, the director of The Simple Way in Philadelphia. Some of you may know of The Simple Way through Shane Claiborne, uh, who's part of that community and wrote about it in his book The Irresistible Revolution that came out over a decade ago. If not, look him up, he's definitely a voice worth listening to. But today we talk to Kaz about what the simple way looks like now and what her role is in facilitating their mandate of loving God, loving others and following Jesus. I won't bore you with the story of how I got connected to the simple way earlier this year during lockdown, but when I started making noises about having a conversation with someone for the podcast, I was linked to Kaz because she happens to be a New Zealander too, so it just felt right to connect and chat. And when we did, me in Christchurch, New Zealand, and her in Philadelphia, we found that not only were we both from Hastings, on the North Island's east coast, but Kaz actually went to Karamu High School, which is on the corner of the street that I grew up on. How crazy is that? We would have once been less than a kilometre from each other, but we met for the first time thousands of kilometres apart. Anyway, this is another inspirational conversation where we look at how the simple way are loving their neighbours, some of the things that Kaz has learned along the way, and how Kaz sees this as an outworking of loving Jesus. This is episode 17 of Down to Earth Conversations. Here's Kaz Todd Pearson. I think the best way to describe the simple way is that we're a small organisation supporting our neighbours. And part of that organisation is a group of people who are in community with each other, who share life, and we do that more like a village. So there's a handful of houses around the neighbourhood of people who are, are saying, yes, I'm all in, like we're all kind of putting our hands in and saying, yes, we're in this work together. And to me, that's the simple way. Today I'm here with Kaz Todd Pearson all the way over in Philadelphia. Welcome Kaz. 
Thanks. Great to be here. Just to start us off, uh, for people that don't know you, just want to tell us a little bit about who you are and where you're from. You obviously don't sound like you're from Philadelphia. Um, so, so yeah, fill us in on a little bit where you're from and all that sort of stuff. Great. So um, I am a New Zealander. So I yeah. um, have been in the United States 16 years on the 4th of September. So just went by. Right. Cool. Um, and I came to the United States um, on my big OE. I, I feel like uh, as a New Zealander, when we're in our 20s, there's like you've studied, you've graduated, you're either getting married, having, having kids, buying a house. And I was doing none of those things at the time. Um, and so I was like, well, I might as well do a big OE. But I had this feeling that I wanted to do something really meaningful. I didn't just, I wanted to go and work and earn some money, but I, I wanted to also like go for it. Um, I don't know, for more than that. And I went to a music festival and uh, heard a guy, um, Tony Campolo, talking about, hey, if you know what you believe and why you believe it, then you should go and help you know, poor kids in Philadelphia. And I was like, okay. <laughs> so awesome. anyway, um, he talked about the program that I participated in and um, I followed up and thought about it for about a year and then signed up and came. Um, and it actually was a volunteer program, so I wasn't coming to earn any money in the end. But um, I had to raise a bunch of money to do the program. But it, like, I think it totally changed my life. Like I yeah. began to see the world in different ways. And so I decided after my year in the program was up that I wanted to stay to keep working out some of the things that had begun in me. And through uh, after a year of saying, I met a couple of people that are connected to The Simple Way, which is a, a, a community of people living here in a neighborhood called Kensington in Philadelphia. And and so I joined in and lived with a friend um, for a few years and then joined the board of directors of the organization and then have gone on to become the director of The Simple Way. And oh, in between cool. all of that, I got married to an American um, and had a couple kids. And so still not a citizen, not sure I'm going to do that, but... Um, Definitely have a life established here in Philadelphia and um, participating in really meaningful work that, you know, I often get from people like on a pretty regular basis, like, where are you from? And when they hear that I'm from New Zealand, they're like, what, like, why are you here then? Um, because, you know, New Zealand's known to be such a beautiful country and I, and I say it is, it is a really beautiful country and I feel really fortunate to have um, been born and raised there. But I feel like there's beauty here too. And, um, but I say that I stay because I, I am glad to be doing what I'm doing. Yeah, um, awesome. So, yeah. That's fantastic. So um, the simple way is, is mm -hmm. where you said you are currently working. Um, mm -hmm. Do you want to just tell us about what is The Simple Way? How did it start? How long has it been going? Sure. Uh, so The Simple Way started 23 years ago, and it was really 
started by a group of college students who were friends. So they were in college and uh, they heard about uh, a group of homeless women and children who were being threatened to be kicked out of this church that they were living in. And so this group of students um, just kind of rolled up and and tried to listen to what was happening from the the folks that were living um, in the church. And the story is that back in the late 90s, there was a lot of um, housing insecurity and a lot of... um, uh, there were a lot of people that were living on the streets. There still are, but um, this group of uh, there was about a hundred women and children who were living in tents um, in a what they called tent city here in Philadelphia, and then they moved um, into an abandoned church. And then the the diocese came to them and said, "Like, look, you can't live in this church. You have to leave." And sort of put this. Uh, put this date on when they had to move out. And so a group of students from Eastern University um, sort of joined in with some others from Philadelphia to sort of create some noise around around this. And, and the people that were ab- living in the abandoned church um, had a sign, had put up a sign that said, how can you worship a homeless man on Sunday but um, abandon them on mm, Monday? So true. And, um, and so they... You know, it went beyond just the church diocese. They they went to the city and said, look, you know, you have 20,000 abandoned houses in the city. Is there any way you can make some of these houses available to to people who, who, who just don't have access to housing? Um, and so through sort of some of that movement, a lot of the families were relocated and allocated to different housing. And so... Five of uh, six of those students that were part of that student movement um, decided to buy a buy a house here in Kensington, which was in proximity to a. It was only about a mile from where the church was, and in proximity to where many of the families had been able to find housing or been assisted with yeah. housing, and so they moved in. And really, the mission or the vision um, hasn't changed. Uh, they moved into love God and love people and follow Jesus. And and out of that work, like uh, out of that group of people, um, sort of there's one person that remains still living right here in the neighborhood. But, but all of the people that started the Simple Way have gone on to sort of do their own work and, you know, to bring about, that that same idea of loving God, mm. loving people, and following Jesus. So, so, so this thing that kind of happened because they noticed something has actually mm-hmm. driven something inside them. Yeah, I mean, I think I think that. it was relationship, right? Like yeah. this group of students were learning about. So a lot of them were sociology majors, and um, Eastern University is a Christian college, so there's this intersection of like justice and um, faith and. And everyone's asking these questions, and um, for them, the the question was like, how do we actually put put these words that we're learning or these ideas that we're learning into action? And so, you know, the ideas had flesh on it. You know, it was like a hundred women and children who didn't have housing, and that were being asked to leave 
um, a building by people of faith to to try and say like, hey, th- there's a problem here if we can't um, make sure people are taken care of. And so, you know, that, that first group of people uh, really built relationships with many of those women yeah, cool. and children. And, and they wanted to continue those relationships and be in proximity to them and to other people who needed to have someone in their corner to to support them and walk alongside them um, to remind them that they're seen and loved and and really that's that is the work of the simple way like not to fix or save anyone but just to walk alongside people to say hey we see you and you know we care about you even if we can't Find, we can't find the housing. We'll, we'll walk alongside you until you you can. Um, yeah. So the work has like changed over twenty three years. I mean, that really started with a, a group of friends buying a house together, um, and and just living out of that house and like opening their door to people and feeding people at their dinner table to sort of it grew into sort of larger things like an after-school program and um, to sort of some of the people in the initial community sort of growing their own platforms. And so Shane Claiborne um, was one of the founders and has gone on to be a well-known like um, author and speaker and then you know, there's been a whole organization sort of outside of the simple way that was started by a couple of founders um, called Yes In that support people, support kids and sort of creativity and performing arts to be able to feel connected and express themselves and supported in their lives. And so I think there's been lots of things that have spun out of it and and then, and and then the community changes. You know, over twenty three yeah. years, like starts with six people. At 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 one time, I think there was like fifteen people all living in that same house together. To like people hearing the story of the simple way and like coming across the world to try and join in to what we have today, which is a handful of people living in a handful of houses in proximity to that first original house you know some of us relocated some of us are like indigenous to the neighborhood and all trying to just show up and you know support our neighbors and neighborhood in the best way we can so the organization has really changed you know by by nature of like life is changing and evolving all the time um and I think you know, if you read the story, there's a book that Shane wrote about the simple way called Irresistible Revolution. Like if you read that book, um, it's really inspiring and so beautiful. But um, like what the simple way looks like today, you know, 17 years after the book is written is a little bit different. And so, yeah. and those of us who have like gone on to support the work and continue in the work, we're different people too. So I think that's the thing about any work or any organization is like, can you, you know, show up authentically and support something, but do that as yourself. And I think as I direct the work now, I think that's the challenge, right? Is not, not to try and do what other people have done, but to like really listen and really respond to what right now, this moment is like inviting us to. 
Um, so you, you don't need to be Shane Claiborne. No, I will never be Shane Claiborne. And, yeah. and, and that's the, okay. Yeah. And like he, and I love what he's doing. He's like him and Katie Joe, his wife, are some of my best friends. And um, I'm excited about what he offers the world. I think it's really beautiful. But but he's also just one person, you know, yeah, and, totally. and so I think the beauty of The Simple Way has been the desire to really let people come alive, you know, and who they are yeah, cool. and allow for each of us to sort of pursue that and um, our authentic selves and God and like um, finding ways to to not be bound to this idea that we all belong to the simple way, but that the simple mm. way belongs to everyone, you know, yeah, right. not just one person. So I, I love that idea that um, like, cause we're talking on the podcast about bringing a bit of heaven to mm-hmm. earth in, in mm-hmm. the spaces that we occupy and, and that actually involves being your authentic self. Right. It, it doesn't involve trying to copy what someone else is doing um, because actually that's not going to work in the long term. Right. You can do that for a little while, um, but then you, it just gets too hard. Right. Um, and so it's finding how does this work for you? Uh, an interesting little side story when you think about the original group uh, that bought that house is right back in our first episode, uh, I talked to Kerry Ewing, who has been working for the last 17 years in prisoner reintegration in New Zealand. And he'd actually trained as a, uh, he'd trained in economics and accounting, um, decided he wasn't really sure about that. So he went to summer schools, uh, summer camps over in the States and made really good friends over there. And they happened to be the guys that then bought that house. Awesome. And so he was greatly inspired by those guys, yeah. came back here, went, what does that look like for life for me? And and for him, that ended up looking like working in prisoner reintegration, um, which he's done for a long time. And so, um, yeah, a long way from what he thought he was, he was going to be doing with his life when he, he did his degree. Um, but yeah, it's just uh, that whole thing of that ripple effect of actually if you're doing what you're doing authentically, then it just has this ripple effect where other people are drawn into that. Yeah. Then they figure out what does that look like for me? Yeah. Yeah. I think one of the things that I've noticed in being a part of the simple way for the last 12 years has been that like, I think we we're all inspired by like really meaningful stories of like transformation and there's a, there's a desire in us to participate in that, right? Oh, I want to be a part of that because that is that is good, that's exciting, that is God's kingdom. Like there's a desire in us that's met when we read about those stories. And so there's been a lot of people that have come to participate in the simple way specifically, which is beautiful and exciting. But But what I've found is that it's so people have a romantic idea about what it means to like, what would it mean to live in community with six other people in the same house? And it's so romantic to like care for the poor and open your door to folks that are experiencing homelessness. And the reality of that is, is like just way less romantic and way less, um, sustainable in the long run when we go in with this idea that like somehow we're going to participate in this the way that we're going to change the neighborhood or um and so like 
you know, literally there's been people that have come and said, I'm going to give my life to this. And then three months later, they're like, oh, actually, I'm going to go and do this other thing. And like, no one's holding anyone, like, I'm not holding any frustration or anger towards anyone. But that's, but there is a process of acknowledging, like, what is it that I am really passionate about? And like, how do I, what makes me come alive? And how do I participate in that? And being really honest about that versus um, feeling like we should be doing something. And so the way I talk to people now um, that say, look, I want to come to the simple way, I'm like, great. Like, uh, if you want to live in Kensington, great. Like, find a house and live there. And then, like, join in. Like, volunteer, participate, and, like, see how that is for you and, like, listen to like your neighbors and respond and like sort of this instead of this idea of like it's all set up for you you've you're going to come and like fit right in it's this reality of like wanting you just have to live and like show up and live alongside people the simple way isn't going to give you the magic uh whatever that you're imagining that you'll get and like learning to love people learning to love people is just by loving people and so we'll always invite people to to join in and volunteer, but we've become less mm. and less responsible for bringing people to do that and more about inviting people to, to, to just come and do it alongside us. Which um, speaks to that kind of saviour complex too, totally. doesn't it? Totally, yeah. If people think they're, they're coming to save the world, yeah, it's, it's actually not coming with the heart quite in the right place yeah I think like for me so my own journey into that is really what speaks to that most I think you know I came to participate in a program called mission year which is a one-year service year program that like is invites people to ask questions at the intersection of faith and justice what does it look like for your faith to really seek justice for people and what I thought I was coming, like, I I thought I was coming, like, I know the answers, I need to help people find out the answers, and once they get the answers, their life is going to be much better. And really what my first year in Philadelphia did for me was sort of unravel some some of my own understanding of God or my own understanding of what I thought I believed and why I believed it. It certainly worked in my context and in my my church community and in my friend group and in my world view that I had been like given. Um, but when I began to expose myself to other ideas and actually my own ideas began to have bigger holes in them than I thought they did. Yeah. I met people who were completely different than me and worship the same God that I thought I worshipped but did so in such a different way that like um the barrier between me and them was so great because I thought that they had to do it the way that I had and so I think the longer I have been here the more I've learned for myself I don't I think that what's happening for me as I live in like work here in Kensington is that I am getting to know myself more and in getting to know myself more or like my own need that I didn't know I had is being met by people that I thought I'd come to help that that there's this 
the beauty in like like letting go of the idea that anyone needs to save anyone that there's certainly situations people need help in and there's certainly systems that are really broken that we can participate in but I don't know that it's my job to save someone from something that is just the truth of their life in their context in their cultural identity and um, all of those things and I think I think that's part of the invitation to this work that I'm a part of anyway is to say like let's just see people's humanity first and I think that's where God is right there when we begin to see each other's humanity and like when you talk about what the podcast is about I realize like like bringing the kingdom of God well the idea of the kingdom of God here on earth is something that like the barriers to us doing that is that we have this constructed idea about what the kingdom of God is and um, that if we can deconstruct that idea a little bit, then how we show up here on earth is actually often really different. Yeah. And so there's just, there's, there's mystery in life that we have to live into a little bit. And the more that I do that, the more that I've done that in my work here and in my life and just living here, the the more that I feel like I experience the kingdom of God for myself and that I feel like I'm offering the kingdom of God, you know. Yeah, that's fantastic. I think one of our other guests talked very similarly and said, you know, they, they felt like they were getting ready to take Jesus to these people and actually that's where they found Jesus. Mm -hmm. You know, when, when they got there, they found Jesus there. Um, so yeah, I, I love that whole that whole idea that you just shared. Um, so what what does your role specifically involve as director? Yeah, that's a good um, question. So <laughs> is, that, is that like how long is the piece yeah, of string? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> a little bit. So I mean, my role, the way that I describe it is that I just feel like I'm the caretaker of the work. So um, what we do on a day to day basis. So so we don't have the same six people living in a house all together sharing all their money and like eating dinner around a dinner table every night. I think the best way to describe the simple way is that we're a small organization supporting our neighbors and part of that organization is a group of people who are in community with each other who share life And we do that more like a village. So there's like a handful of houses around the neighborhood of people who are are saying, yes, I'm all in. Like we're all kind of putting our hands in and saying, yes, we're in this work together. And to me, that's the simple way. But, But not all of those people are like getting a paycheck from the simple way. So there's a handful of us that are on staff and uh the group of there's a, there's about seven of us, and some of those people uh, have relocated, like myself, relocated to Kensington, and a handful of those people are all are indigenous to the neighbourhood, um, have sort of lived here their entire life, and are working to support their friends and family and neighbours themselves. So on a day to day basis, our work is we do a lot of food distribution. So we have a food choice pantry where uh, three times a week, uh, so it's it's probably about 100 
families are coming every week to come and uh, choose the food that they want. So we give each family a point value and then they can spend those points like dollars. And then through our food distribution, we do a lot of other connecting. So we have uh, one of our neighbours and staff, people, Maria, um, as sort of neighbourhood support. So she creates um, resource lists of other ways that uh, other places that people can go to for other support. So we're not a social service agency. We really are just a group of people trying to support neighbours. None of us have, uh, you know, I was a school teacher before I came to the United States and, and did some teaching here. Um, and, and other people, uh, you know, have have worked in various jobs. So none of us claim to be, you know, so, social service uh, folks. We really are just trying to show up and support people getting what they need to be able to thrive. So we sort of redirect people. We do our best to be good neighbours and a good neighbour knows where everything is and then direct helps people get there. Um, and so we do that. We have a, a partnership with Eastern University. So we have, um, in any given year, we have four students from Kensington or one of the neighborhoods here in Philadelphia that um, are in college. And we um, support them through this scholarship. We cool. um, have a partnership with Esperanza Health Center, who um, have a building right at the end of our block. And we support some of their programs with our food distribution and just connect people through health and wellness. So we we aren't a big institution that has a lot of access to money, but Esperanza has a little more access than we do. So we connect people that come to us for food to um, the other services that Esperanza hold. And then, then they uh, we support them by helping some of the people in their programs come to our food distribution. That's cool that you don't have to try and be something else. Again, it's, totally. it's about doing what you're doing and then going, hey, those guys are doing that great. Let's let's support that. Yeah, I think, I think there has been times that The Simple Way has tried to probably do more than we had the capacity for or the infrastructure for. And I think uh, well, that's what I've tried to do as the director to say, like, who are we? And um, and this is who we are. So what can we do with who we are versus like, this is who we should be. And I think we've attempted lots of different things that we thought that neighbours wanted and needed. And no one, like we set up all these computers and we, we sent out all these flyers and we said, look, come and use our computers. And like, no one came. Well, we didn't ask if people wanted this. We just assumed that they wanted it. Yeah. And, and the reality is that people had access to computers in numerous different places. And so, you know, we've, we've like taken lots of time to like slow down and say like, okay, let's listen a little bit to people. Let's listen a lot actually to people and then say like, hey, what is the need here? And really f- food distribution is the thing that we've found that is our spot. It helps us connect with people in meaningful ways. We know their names. We know how many kids they have. We know what type of cereal they like. We try to respond to that. And then out out of these places, we, we add other things in. So we try to 
do um, regular neighborhood celebrations, you know, through the year. In COVID times, they look a little. It looks a little bit different. We're trying to be creative in how to keep everyone safe and well, uh, socially distance really well. So um, we usually do this huge back to school block party, um, which actually would be happening tomorrow normally on. Um, but uh, this year we were like, there's no way we can keep each other safe if we yeah. we do this event. So like, how do we? make sure people have what they need as their kids go back to school. So as people have been coming in for food distribution, we've set up like a little school store that people can choose from um, there too. Um, And so it's been really meaningful to be able to still give people access to what they need, but to do it in a way that helps keep them safe. We have some gardens. We, We had a huge fire here about 12 years ago that burned down Uh, one of our properties and um, about seven other properties. And we were able to take money that people had donated and turn that space into a a garden um, and a park space. And so uh, we have this really beautiful um, space on the corner that we try to make sure people get access to. We do some, we grow some food and we try to share that through our food distribution Um, And we just try to be really responsive neighbours and support people as they're coming and going and um, keep the block clean and um, put flower pots in front of people's houses. And, you know, for me and my family, we really, you know, we live in our own house across the street and we just do our best to, like, live our lives in the truest way that we can you know we we invite you know neighbors over to play in the yard or we sit on our steps and ride our bikes and you know we just live alongside people in the most in the most meaningful way that we can I love what you're talking about in terms of this being there for people involves the necessities of life as in food but also involves putting a flower pot in front of someone's house totally and and that, that beauty, bringing beauty, is actually a part of the same work. Yeah. It's not just about trying to meet physical needs. Yeah. It's about trying to create life for people. That's beautiful. Yeah. I mean, I think, like, the the honest truth is that the neighborhood that we live in is probably one of the most, like, um, how, do I, how do I want to say? Like, it's, it's a neighborhood that's really, really um, in a hard place. It's not cared for well by the city, you know, that it's the epicenter of the opioid epidemic here in Philadelphia. And so you have unhoused people trying to find ways to live their lives on the street with, you know, folks that have lived in the neighborhood for 30 years when it was a bustling neighborhood um, that had 700 operating factories and now it has most of those factories are abandoned and so we're looking for ways for people to find employment and so we live in a really tough neighborhood that often feels like no one cares and so I think people can find what they need there's there's 17 other food food distribution points at some point around the neighborhood and there's people that do come in drive in bring some food take it out but But what we find really important 
is it's thinking beyond the immediate need. Um, we want the immediate need met, but what does it look like for someone to thrive in life? And like, so I think it's really wonderful that people want to bring in food every Saturday. But like when people are living on a fixed income and uh, have an unexpected cost come up, they need to find other ways to be able to alleviate that. And so they need to know uh, every Monday I could get my bread and my milk and my rice and my, uh, I can get, you know, three cans of green beans from this place because they always have it. So like then I can put the money that I would normally put towards that somewhere else and in knowing that like there's something that's the same all the time and secure. So like for me, making sure that there's a garden pot and the flowers are being watered every day is just is security. There's a there's a certain level of security where you know someone's taking care of something. Um and people love that. People love to feel I, I love that. I love feeling secure. And so what I need is what other people need too, like is love and security and acknowledgement and, and to know like, you know, we're living alongside people who uh, when we put out, we put our recycling and our garbage out on the same day as everybody else. When our garbage and recycling is not picked up and I don't like the fact that it's not picked up, then I'm going to, call someone about that right like we need uh to know that that's what's happening if if I lived in you know three neighborhoods over like I wouldn't know that that this garbage hasn't been picked up for a week and a half you know in the middle of summer and like so like um you know it's just being able to um see that like loving and caring people isn't just about meeting their needs it's by it's just living alongside people and and really loving other people is loving yourself as well and like what impacts me impacts other people so we're gonna I'm gonna do something about it for myself and for somebody else you know Mm, that's beautiful Um, why do you think more Christians don't live this sort of way I mean, I don't want to make sweeping statements, but... Well, I guess from your experience. Yeah, from my experience. I think a lot of the time, from my experience, like, I think my Christianity was really constructed in a way that gave me a list of things that I could do that would lead me to, a, you know, the right life. And, and the goal is to live right, you know. I often thought about you know like 16 years ago was thinking about how do we get everybody to live this right life and then everyone will feel better and do better and be better are you talking like like morally right is that what you mean by right life morally right and that if we live morally right lives that like our blessings will come and what I've realized is that um that that's not always true um and and that's not true because we we live in a world where systems make it impossible for people to to live a right life whatever we think that is if that's the american dream or 
you know, for me, that's how I understand it at this point. But like, I think some of the barriers for me when I think about my own self is, is, is fear, Mm -hmm. fear, like in this idea that like the work of Christianity is to get everyone to heaven. Um, and to me, uh, we've missed the point of Jesus if it's only about our souls being saved from heaven. I think Jesus's life like really showed us that we need to ask more questions and be more curious and love people in this very moment. That's what I think God's kingdom is, is loving people in this very moment and that that the God in me um, meets the the God in, in the other person and that the kingdom of God is right there with us. I think, you know, I, I think we want, we all want a meaningful, good life. Like everybody wants that. Like everybody I've met wants that. Um, but we, we have, I think we live with an illusion that there's things that are in the way of that in terms of morally. Um, those things become if people just didn't swear or didn't smoke or didn't drink alcohol or didn't do drugs then they would get to this right life and you know I've met a lot of people that haven't done any of those things and they're they're in really really desperate situations and in places and um, I think um, sometimes we Christians or or Christianity actually gets in the way of like or what I want to say is the form of Christianity gets in the way of the substance of it and so our fear of like doing something different than what our pastor tells us to or um, our fear of asking questions about the idea of heaven the fear of not belonging, like not belonging to whatever group of people you belong to currently in terms of your spiritual identity. Like yeah. I think that that often is a barrier because there's so much meaning in belonging. And so I think we all live out our spiritual lives or our Christianity in particular ways. Like I I grew up in a Christian family that I feel really grateful for that gave me a container to sort of live in and understand the world. Um, and I think what I've learned or what I think is the part of the barrier is that we, we never transcend that, that, that suddenly that, that, that isn't something we would ever transcend that we just live in this one container. And I think we limit ourselves and we don't see the world as it truly and fully is and I think I'm learning not to like discard everything from my childhood faith or my my like faith traditions of past but to include it and and transcend it and see that God God is working today and now and that may be beyond what this particular faith tradition taught at one time and like, can we listen for God now? Like, I, I feel like really that's what we, and that's what I've learned as the director of The Simple Way, as I've tried to take care of the work, is 
I if I'm only trying to do what we've done before, then I'm uh, I'm not I'm like afraid of what might be needed now. So like what was needed 23 years ago is not necessarily what's needed now. Yeah. And like, can I, can we transcend that to respond to what the need is today? And I think as Christians, so often we, we have this idea of what Christianity is and we, we never look beyond that or ask questions beyond that. And I'm like, yes, it's all of this. And I think it's, more in whatever is to come like isn't that really the invitation to the kingdom to be expanded and growing and inclusive so yeah I think for me anyway I think that's what I had to learn was that it's not necessarily that everything I learned and what was constructed was wrong I think there's just more and I and I need to be able to transcend that I think we have a fear of the idea of evolution and so like this idea that our faith or our even traditions might evolve is so scary to us you know yeah oh that's really beautiful hey thank you so much for giving your time to talk to us yeah thanks. Uh, on your on your sunday evening yeah um <laughs> and yeah for sharing your your story with us and and what your life's like and just on behalf of those who are listening to this thank you for the inspiration that that brings or the challenge that brings to us to to look at how we could bring heaven to earth where we are so thank you for how you're helping bring a bit of heaven down to earth thanks thanks for having me that was another rich corridor i love how kaz and the whole of the simple way actually are about helping people to get what they need to thrive they're not trying to make everything about people's reality different but they want people to be able to live a life of joy and growth and hope and thriving within the reality in which they live. And that part of this is meeting needs, but part of it is also thinking beyond the immediate need to see how systems can change. It's also cool that as well as providing food, they're putting flower pots outside homes to make the place a little bit more beautiful, and in doing so bringing joy into people's lives. Sometimes it really is just the simple things. Hearing Kaz talk about seeing the humanity in one another really hit the mark for me. And this heart shapes what the simple way actually does in their community. And it even shapes language. Now, thinking back to the last three episodes, which have all touched on the way we use language, either relating to race with Kat or to disability with Manny, I don't know if you noticed, but the way Kaz uses language is actually really careful. At one point, she says, People who are experiencing homelessness, not homeless people. Their identity is not wrapped up in their ability to be housed, but people who, at the current moment, are experiencing homelessness. It's another good challenge to us to see what language we use about others and what that says about our own perceptions, attitudes and even prejudices, and a great challenge to look first at the humanity in others. I think it was also really important that Kaz brought up how romantic it is to love the poor, but that the reality is much less romantic. Now she's seen people come and go, good people, uh, but people who weren't prepared for the ordinariness or even the grittiness of loving our neighbours. Like we regularly say, this is about ordinary people doing ordinary things to bring a bit of heaven down to earth. And sometimes that will come easy, but sometimes it actually just means hard slog. But if it brings a bit of heaven, it's so worth it. So thank you Kaz for your time and your whakaro, 
about the work of the Simple Way in Philly, and thank you for what you do to help to bring a bit of heaven down to earth. Thanks again to everyone who supports the podcast, and in particular Ignition Systems. If your business needs creative communication solutions, then hit them up and they'll get you sorted. Join me again in a fortnight for another challenging and inspiring conversation. Until then, me inoi tato. E to matau matua i te rangi, kia tapu tō ingoa, kia tau mai tō rangatiratanga, kia mea te tau e pai ai ki runga ki te whenua, kia rite anō ki tō te rangi. Humma e kia mātou ai nei, he taroma mātou mō tēnei rā, Mūroa o hara, me mātou hoki e muru nei i o te hunga, e hara ana kia mātou. Aua hoki mātou e kawea, kia whakawaia, e ngari whakorangia mātou i te kino. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. May your kingdom come. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom, the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen.